0: Sky blue days. Sky These are sky blue days.
1: Sky the CBS and the SBA will fight to the end and lead the way. Sing out together. Sky,
2: sky
0: blue fans TV for the fans by the fans. Blue fans TV. My name's Mark Smith, and tonight we'll be reviewing the two-one defeat at home against West Bromwich Albion. Um, let's just start off, uh, Danny, with the setup—the team that Mark Robbins put out before the game started. He went with two up front, Massey Godden, before midfield, um, and and Dabo playing centre half with Rose. And Carbrook fad what was your what was your view on how the, the lineup at the start of the game? Did you agree with with, with the team that Robbins picks? Um, I could see his point.
1: Obviously, it didn't go it didn't go to plan, really, did it? I mean, I think he put Dabo in there because Dabo played the previous week against Bournemouth, and he didn't do too badly against them, and. He's got a little bit of pace as well, where where Hyam hasn't. Um, I could see why he'd done it. If 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 we had won the game, he would have been hailed as a messiah, and that was the greatest decision he's made all season. But it wasn't the right decision, really. I mean, the first goal was obviously it was down to Dabo. He was just he just let his man walk straight through. So it was. I'm, looking back on it in hindsight, um, wrong to play in there. Um, The rest of the team, we don't think was too bad, really. I I think the issue we've got is we've got Kane, who's playing quite well, and we're trying to play Kane in the team as well as Dabo. um, Because you can't really drop Kane after his goal last week. So We've got a bit of a tricky situation with Kane, really. um, Trying to... Get him in the same team as um, Dabo, or do we just say to Dabo, "You're not playing"? It's yeah, yeah. it's a bit of a difficult one, really.
0: Yeah, I mean, we'll ask the same questions to Ken, Vicky, and Glenn. We'll go to Glenn start with. What was your what was your view on the, on the setup? Um, do you think, as Danny's alluded to, is it kind of square pegs, round holes with guys Kane and, and Dabo?
3: Yeah, I think it was clear that I assume that Hyam had maybe had the virus in the week and wasn't fully fit um, and that's why he left him out um, but obviously listening to Mark, on, uh, sorry, Mark Robbins on CWR afterwards he seemed to suggest that it was because they were worried about the lad who actually scored the first goal Grant and his pace and stuff and that immediately started alarm bells in my mind you're picking a team worried about another team not you're picking your best team The pop like well, that back three we've had Hyam. Rose and Fasdy probably for the last 18 months or so if they're all fit play and play well and know each other's games inside out much as I love Dabo and he's been great it's schoolboy defending for the first goal and it just it, it smacked and then the the other concern is Hamer I could tell he wasn't right after five minutes. We had a big space in the middle of the park. We have Haymore on one side of the pitch, Ben Sheaf on the other, and you have got like the the whole of the CBS for West Bombs midfield to go through. So there's no protection for the back three. It was, yeah, hindsight's a wonderful thing, but Robbins has made two massive mistakes, and both of them cost us because we ended up having to make substitutions to rectify them, and we've lost two attacking options that we probably could have done with an option of bringing Jody Jones or a Jordan Shipley or some, just someone or Jamie Allen off the bench to to change the game. But yeah, I, I don't like changing your team to combat another team. I think you've got to be a bit. This is the way we play. We're going to make you worry about us, not we're worried about you. So we're going to play a player out of position to try and combat you and yeah Dabo can probably play there and do a decent job and he did, did 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 it well to some degrees and did good parts of the game and he probably was our was our best player one of the best players in the game but mm. there were so many other options he could have gone he could have gone down he could have played Chief there and it just yeah we just we wasted two subs and that's just annoying I think Todd Kane was good but I don't think it was his best game I thought Matson. Was really really bad, and the one thing that really got on my nerves, there's some people, there's some challenges we just didn't commit to, we didn't even go in. I think it was Matson clattered one there, lads, and I think he was on a warning, and then he was scared to make a tackle, and I think the goal somebody else said Chief got done, and he didn't make a tackle, and we we didn't, we were just flat. It was a really like strange. The nearest, the only other game that it comes to mind, I don't know if you guys remember, Accrington Stanley at home where we give all the free tickets away and it'd been a similar and we lost 2 nil and we were really average but they'd had a similar thing where there'd been a sickness bug going around the camp and it was just yeah it was just it was very unlike because they did to us what we do to most teams hustled, harried did the basics and we were just yeah I think band average is probably being a bit polite probably on it. Yeah. Um I'll go
0: to let's go to Ken I'll move to Vicky um, Ken, I mean, just for argument's sake, if had had that game been played at the Hawthorns rather than the CBS Arena, do you think Robbins would have played maybe five across mm. midfield and, and changed tactics a bit, like like he has, has done with previous games like Sheffield United away and Bournemouth away?
2: Yeah, I'd definitely. Yeah, without a shadow of a doubt, he would have changed. He wouldn't have gone. He wouldn't have go- He would have gone with a different team away from home. Um, it was just disappointing. I, I, said, I was just speaking earlier. It was a bit like the Swansea game. They'd done the homework. They came and played very much like Swansea did. They high pressed us. Uh, they'd done the homework on us, and it didn't help giving the first goal away like we did. You know, Dabbo was napping, and the guys ran through and scored, and, and that didn't help. And the second goal, obviously, they were a bit fortunate with with the handball incident. So they got a bit of the rub of the green, if you like, as well. And goals change games, don't they? I think I just think if we were to if we'd have scored first, then, then obviously I think we would have possibly gone on and maybe won the game. It could have been so different. But when you're 2 0 down at half time, it's, it's a big, it's a big uh, mountain to climb, isn't it? Um, and, you know, and their defence is good. They, got, they had a good defence, a quite strong defence, and they're big blokes. And you know, they got stuck in. Uh, I just thought we, you know, we just didn't do enough in my mind to win the game um, no. which is unfortunate uh, but we're going to get games like that and we'll, we'll have to learn from it it's um, a long season we've got you know we can't criticise it too much but we are where we are and we're all delighted where we are and we didn't expect to be where we are so you know we, we're just we just got to move on and to the next game away at Huddersfield and hopefully pick up three points if we get three points at Huddersfield then you know we're Back in the mix again, aren't we? We're still in the mix, and that's what important thing to stay stay in the top six if, or top seven if we can as long as possible.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree with that. And um question for Vicky what do you feel with the setup, and also why did you feel we were so poor in the first half?
4: Um, it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, there was obviously this talk about the sickness bug going on in the club, but maybe it was as simple as that. Um, I mean, other than that, it's quite hard to put your finger on why we suddenly just didn't turn up. Um, I think Glenn's right to a degree as well. It does remind uh, very much of that couldn't to Sandy game um, going back a few years where everyone sort of turns up, there's a bit of um, hope being built up behind the game, and then it just really turns into quite a damp squib. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it felt particularly frustrating because I don't think West Brom played particularly well. Um, they were definitely there for the taking. I think that um up until the point that they got their first goal, they hadn't done much. Um, I don't really remember Simon Moore having to do much in the game. It just so it just feels very much like we just didn't turn up and have let another team walk away with three points and that's I think what's particularly frustrating about the whole situation really, um, from my perspective. And um so have to we have to hope I suppose that it was just that they were all a bit off colour, um, and they'll be willing to go and put it right again against um Uh, Huddersfield on Saturday I suppose a bit similar to when we um, had that disastrous game against Luton and obviously then we turned up um, I think Fulham was the next game after that wasn't it and and showed a reaction, that's what we need on Saturday, a reaction to show it was just a a one-off and that um, it isn't where our season's going to go from here really I think Yeah, Glenn bring it back in
3: I just wanted uh, everyone else's opinion on Hamer who who do you apportion the blame to? Obviously, he wasn't he's clearly not fit. So who who's whose fault is it? Is it Robin's fault for picking him? Is it Hamer for not staying to Robin's I'm not hundred percent fit? Or is it the medical staff who obviously I don't know whether they've done the job properly on him? But that that was a that was a massive, massive faux pas, I think. And I agree with what Vicky said that I don't want to sound disrespectful to West Bob because they have got a lot of good players, but they weren't good in the way that you expect them to be. As in they were real good passing, they showed lots of quality the quality, they absolutely dominated us and we had loads and loads of saves to make. They did the basics better than us. Balls went in the box, they defended them, they got in the way, they chased, they harried, they got stuck in and they they just they out they outschooled us, which is which is slightly worrying with it and I just think Robins maybe could have gone a bit more braver earlier as well with the I'd rather got beat four and, and gone three up top for the last half hour because I think as soon as we went to three up top we started looking a bit livelier again um, yeah. so it's just it was just frustrating it was just it was a real sad way on, on, on what should have been an, an, a real good day and a celebration it just kind of got flat and I think it was summed up when like, Ben Sheath had that chance early on and he completely air-shotted it and not yeah. got even it on target and then after that it was just downward and then their goal we're on the attack like a minute earlier looking in a good move, and then it's just happened again and it, it was almost a carbon copy of the goal we gave away against Forest where first goal we won the attack and then pff, pff, in a minute later they're down there and some of the Swansea goals were the same, We've we've just got to be a lot better but well, before I obviously finish, um, McFadstein is absolutely superb, and he—if he plays like that—he's going to be in with a real good shout of our Player of the Year. He looks fitter. He did really well, and and like I say, he was the only one who had a shot at goal. I think first half, and then mm-hmm. the header is brilliant again.
0: Yeah, I think I think I think Carl McFadstein is probably the uh, half-season player of the season. In fact, If, if it's such a word for me, I think he's been very consistent every game he's played. Um, question for you, Danny. Second half, Robbins makes some changes. He, he takes off Matson, He moves Cassie Dabo over to the left. Dom Hyam comes on. Is that almost an admission of he's made a mistake here behind that those sort of decisions? What, what do you think of that? Uh, Daniel, can you hear me?
1: Sorry. I remember just going, back, just going back to what Glenn said. I remember a few years ago, we had the same situation with what happened with Hamer with Geordie Hawula. Um, we were playing Fleetwood, and I think um, it got to half time, and Hawula had to come off, and Robbins was absolutely fuming. And after that game, then I don't think Hawula actually played much after that. So I'm just wondering will there be a bit of a. Falling out over this really because I I, I sort of blame the player. Really, the player's got the player knows how he feels, so if if the player said he was okay, then you've got to really go with the player's judgment, really. So it's just something to I I just think there could be a bit of a bit of a falling out after this that decision. Um, but yeah, I think that the second half, yeah, he's obviously he's admitted to his mistake, hasn't he? He's taken He's taken um, Matson off, put Dabo left on the left side, and put Hayam on the right. Um, and to be honest, the second half performance, I it did encourage me really, because the second half I think we just we totally bossed the game second half. Um, it was more like we uh, how we've been playing all season. So yeah, but like what Glenn said, it was it, it wasted a substitution really. First of all, haymrod's come off. And then obviously you're making a sub at half time um, to replace Matson, so you've used two of your subs already because your your decisions, you, what you've picked beforehand, gone gone wrong, so it limited us in the whole game. Um, but well, Dabo was quite good on the left, to be fair. He was he was getting forward, he was driving inside, um, but it was just in the first half that that he was at fault for the goal, really. So.
0: Yeah, I was I was happy with the second half. Yeah, I mean, my my take on the Dabo one, sorry, on the on the Hamer is, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think it's like the player's got to know himself if if he's got a foot injury. You know, it's not like it's not like he's just his hamstrings pinged in the middle of the game. This, you you know, you know if you're fit or not. I just I find that a bit strange. I mean. I mean, Robbins can only go by what the if, what the player is, is saying. You know, the player's got a responsibility um, to say to, to to the gaffer, look, you know, I'm just not 300% today because it's it's not fair on, on the team, you know. And I think it's, as you say, it's just a waste of substitution. Um, and it's even worse when you're chasing a game and you can't utilise an extra sub near the end where that could make all the difference. So it's... It's funny because I think there was I think the Southampton game at the weekend was the same thing where players, um, you know, he 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 said that he's, you know, he he said that he was fit and he clearly wasn't fit and then, and I know Hassan was going mad. mad. And I think I think the point I'm trying to make is players, they they know their own bodies. They should know when they're fit or not, and they're not. And I just think it's a bit unprofessional, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um... I just wonder how long he's gonna be gonna be out of the side now and I, I just think Robbins won't be happy about that. So it wouldn't surprise me if he's um if he's out of the team for a couple of matches, especially if well, if he's fit, I can't see him I, I can see Robbins making a point on this 'cause he was um he was quite vocal on his interview Robbins really. He did single Hamer out about saying he was fit, so um it's just one to watch out for really.
0: No, exactly, yeah um Glenn, how frustrating Glenn, is it that we haven't we haven't really had a 90 minute performance from the side for a while i mean second half yes we look we did improve we picked up we looked we looked a better side with the changes that robins you know implemented but how frustrating is it that we haven't really started the games you know in the way that we should be the, should be at home on the front foot we seem to we seem to be a bit Certainly, jaded, a bit timid, a bit on the back foot for me. Maybe that's credit to West Brom. But what what's what what's the reason why we're not putting ninety minute performances in um, the last sort of, couple of games?
3: I think for Saturday uh, it was we, we just lost our shape and got really loose, um, and we're very open. And like I said, the examples. It's just go imagine if Hamer was struggling with his feet with his foot, I would have just sat in front of the back three and took the ball off, ball off him and just kind of got through and then made the decision. But he was like going wandering all over the pitch, trying to go and fetch the ball. Then you have Sheaf like playing over like on the left wing back situation. I think once we have Kelly on, Kelly doesn't tend to do that. They tend to just do them centre of the pitch. And you're right. I think everyone knew that West Ham, West, West Brompton, we're going to be fired up. They, they, they were going to be fired up. It's a local derby. It was like speaking to Lewis from their podcast. They, they admitted it was probably, it was a must-win game for them, really, especially with the result on Friday. So for the, you, they're not going to roll over. And they're, they're, Premier, they're Premier League side. They've well, got Premier League players in there. At least, I think, 10 of them have played Premier League football out of the day squad and, and a lot of the uh, games. I think we maybe need to go back. Like, if we don't, even if we drawn yesterday, it isn't wasn't the worst result in the world. And I think maybe we're just a bit too brave and a bit too foolhardy. And we did the same mistake against Swansea, where we went a bit too attacking rather than let's not get let's not get B. And we know we're going to finish the game well in the last twenty minutes, so we're going to create chances. But we lost we lost the game. Again, and that's the third game out of the last five where we conceded two goals, and and all the goals we conceded, none of them you'd say they were they were great, great finishes, and we've not and some of them are but same scenario that people have got runs on us, and either we fouled them or we've not tracked the runner and they've got in there first, so it, it's just a bit of I don't I don't want to go like, go overboard on Robbins, but. You do think that he has made a few decisions that haven't paid off. And yeah, he's going to get the plaudits when it works, but he's also got to accept that there is a bit of criticism. And I would have probably, I'd have rather gone and had an absolutely boring 45 minutes and come on strong second half rather than go at them, gun out, and then give first chance, clear cut chance, we give them this score, and then we just have our. 10, 15-minute wobble when we're 1-0 down, go 2-0 down, and then it's like, what are we are going to do? And if we had maybe 10 minutes longer, we probably would have nicked something, but it probably would have been flattering on us. But yeah, we don't seem to do that We never have done under Mark Robbins. I can't remember the really a good 90-minute performance, really, on a consistent basis. It's normally like we play 45 minutes, either first half or second half. Where we play really well. We never seem to have that ninety-minute, like Luton did, lot like Luton, where they absolutely obliterated and played really good all game. We don't tend to do that under Robbins, really. I don't know why, but
0: I think it, I mean, my, one my, of them. I think my view is, first half I felt, um, I don't know what your thoughts are, Ken. Is we 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 seem to struggle playing through the press. And I think second half we play well because I felt like West Brom were happy with the 2-0. They're just sitting back. Would you say that's a fair assessment?
2: Yeah, I think so. I think so, yeah. Um, It was disappointing. I just just didn't think we did enough. We didn't create enough, did we, on Saturday? There was something missing. Spark weren't there, I don't think, uh, that we've had at home games and we just you know, whether it was the bug going through the team or whatever, and players weren't feeling up for it. Um, Hamer situation, by the way, my thoughts on the Hamer situation. Yeah, I agree with you. The player should know. It's down to the player, really. Uh, he's got to have the final decision where he knows if he's fit or not. And perhaps he, uh, you know. Should have said to Robinson, you know, I'm not I'm not quite fit enough and I'll sit out of this one. And that's probably a mistake. He's made there because uh, clearly there wasn't fit, um, and if, we should have probably started Kelly from the beginning and uh, we'd have had more options on the bench then. But uh, but you know, these the, the things happen, and, and, and that's, that's a decision he's made. And obviously, uh, that might you know, that may go against him, you know, with Robbins now in the future. Um, yeah. But yeah, um, at the end of the day, um, yeah, I just didn't think we did enough. and we didn't, we didn't, we, they, they pressed us and they pressed us and, and they did it well. But at the end of the day, I thought we we we, we allowed them to really. We didn't really, we were just missing we that bit of spark, weren't we? We didn't create an, m, enough chances to, to win the game. And there wasn't many clear-cut chances in the game at all, to be honest, was there?
0: No. Uh, Vicky, what was your, I mean, c- cynical, view, maybe the kick-off time, 12.30 kickoff. Could that have played a part? I mean, I know it's the same for both sides. You could argue, but do you think if, it was a, if that was a three o'clock game on Saturday, do you think it would have made any difference? I know I'm probably not, but I'm just I'm just interested to hear your view on that.
4: Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? I think um, I don't I don't think an early kickoff is is ever great for for all of the team. Um, but then, wasn't the Fulham game an early kickoff? So I think that it's difficult to say. Yeah, exactly, it's difficult yeah, to yeah. say that, that we 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 can't turn up for early kickoff if if we've done that. So um, I mean, I suppose that if we if if there was this bugger man and the players aren't a hundred percent, that maybe if they've had till three o'clock to prepare, that might have helped. I suppose if you're not feeling great, then sort of having to get up early and get ready earlier probably isn't helpful. Is it? And that that might have had a sort of added factor. Um. Yeah, so uh, I just think, I, don't, I mean, it's just hard to put your finger on it, isn't it, really? Just what it just all felt so off um, for whatever reason. Um, and I think there's probably a whole lot of different factors that have just all come together and it's just gone wrong on, on the day, unfortunately. Like Robbins has made mistakes. Um, I think um, probably agreeing with everybody else, Hamer, um, I think had a responsibility to his teammates to be more honest about his um, fitness levels, um, I think he set the team down and I think that I, I'd be worried because um, Robins um, has got um, history for being quite ruthless in those type of situations so I could imagine that, that there might be some repercussions from that, so it'd be interesting to see how that plays out in the next few weeks really. Um, but yeah, and then, and then just the different factors and it, in the end. We just haven't really turned up, have we, at all? Um, and I don't know whether three o'clock would have made any any real difference to that. What What do you think, Vicky, about Callao
0: ahead? Do you think it's time maybe to have a rest, maybe for a couple of games? Or is is he a player you feel you know, needs to be playing week in, week out?
4: It's difficult, isn't it? Because really, for a player of um, in his spot, um, I think we really need a midfielder that's scoring more goals. I think that's a massive problem that we've got that we just aren't scoring goals from midfield at all. Um, which actually is quite unusual. Um historically in the in the Robin. I mean he's always set up a team where we get a goals from a lot of different positions. That's generally been how, how we operated. I mean we've we've not really ever had a, a striker that's like a 20-goal-season a striker, but what we have had is maybe various midfielders all chipping in with a a number of goals, and that's what we're really missing this season. Um, And O'Hare does get kicked off the pitch week in, week out, but it's just difficult to drop him, isn't it? Because I I think that at any moment in a game, there's always a chance that he could create something. um, and And so you take him out, and who do you bring in that could really do the same and sort of keep opposition players... Um, as busy, um, because it can create space for other players as well, can't he, By sort of yeah. occupying, occupying opposition players, and so you take that away, and I'm not really sure that we've got anyone else in this, the squad that would do the same job. So, so I mean, I I think that's something we need to look at in January. Really, That's some some cover for him because. I don't think he, it's fair that all that pressure's put on him week in, week out, and that he's probably having to play regardless of how much he's been kicked on on a, like, a Tuesday night against Birmingham and then he has to play against Bournemouth because there's no one else that can really come in. Um, I, I think it would probably do him a favour if we had some cover in that position, um, but I don't think we have at the moment.
0: Yeah, I'd probably bring Glenn McLean.
3: I just wonder if we could maybe just change the dynamic of the midfield and maybe you have Kelly as your anchor midfielder and you play Jamie Allen and um, call a Callum O'Hare just slightly further forward. Mm. Um, and then you've got the energy in the team, which I think the problem is paying Sheaf and Kelly. I don't think actually Sheaf had the worst game in the world on on Saturday, but he isn't the greatest in the attacking area. He's better doing like the defensive thing and just playing it round. And the same with Kelly. Kelly's not the goal threat really. I mean Shipley's seemingly out of favour. But I do wonder if you with, with Alan and Callum there, it's slightly a bit further forward. You get that energy and, and industry that we probably probably miss and, and the good movement on it. And I just wonder what everyone else thinks. Was was there a case on Saturday of going to a back four uh, and maybe just going the three up top earlier? Because I think it works quite well when we go the three up top with Kyle Walker, so Tyler Walker, Kyle Walker. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, yeah, you could have like Todd Kane bobbing forward, like Kyle Walker and Davo doing doing the same. But I just think with that God and uh, Godin works well from like a wider area and you can cut in. Victor as soon as he went a slightly wider looked way more effective and Walker's like your penalty box finisher and I think maybe that's something we maybe need to look at. We just need to kind of have, if it's not working the Vicken and Godden what's the plan B option? Because I don't think swapping like for like really works so we need to have a, another option uh, and is it like you bring Joe Jones on and go three up, three up top or or like I say, you bring Tyler on. I just think maybe it would have been an ideal opportunity to go with that a bit earlier when we really probably had nothing to lose in the game. Oh, I know what people say we played about that second half, but it was it kind of drifted a bit. It kind of had the feeling that Swansea second half did it. It drifted along without really getting like the wave after wave like we did at Bournemouth, where you felt chances were coming. I never really felt convinced, convinced that we were work in West Brom enough like we have done in other games
0: yeah um I think I think he could have gone he could, he could have changed things up a bit he left it a little bit late bringing on Tyler Walker um I think I don't know I mean I'm a bit concerned about Guy Okares's form because he started the season off really well but he hasn't scored in quite a few games has he um, what's what's everyone's view, Danny, on on, on Big Vic? Do you, why why do you think he's, you know, not scoring the goals? Is it just, I mean, he, his his team play overall has been brilliant, so I can't criticize his overall play, but why do you think the, the why do you feel like the goals dried up for him in particular?
1: I think the first the first half, well, the first ten or so games, he was probably he was probably over before men, so a bit like us, really. He was sort of we were winning a lot of games at the beginning of the season and now it's sort of tailing off slightly, but I'm not that concerned really, because I do think he's playing quite well. Um, He he hasn't really been the same since that injury um, against, against Blackburn. But the problem we've got is we're limited in what we can do. We've only got effectively at the moment, three strikers because Wagon's injured. So, He's having to play virtually. I think he was he was on the bench. I think for the Bournemouth game, but he's playing week after week after week. The same with O'Hare, week after week. Our squad is so we haven't really got that much cover. So I mean, we think we we brought Brighton really as a replacement for O'Hare when O'Hare needed a rest. We've got good twelve to thirteen players, but outside of that, we are struggling. And we're just playing playing these players every week, two two matches a week, and it's taking its toll really. I mean, I think I still think Gorka is a, is a really really good player, and he's he's hold up play and he he brings other people into the game and he he works so hard and I, th- I think the goals will will come again for him. But I think we're missing. We need Waghorn back. I think Waghorn's a key key player, and I just I, I want to know when he's going to be back really because I heard he's. He's back in training and things like that, but it just gives us another option really, because we are we need to get to the transfer. We need to get to the transfer window, pretty much muddle through these next four or so games until the end of the year. And then we need to bring three three key players in January because we are we are starting to show signs of tiredness and our form is dipping slightly.
0: Would you share that to you, Ken?
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll just say enough, I've heard Waghorn's probably two or three weeks away from fitness now, he's he's ahead of schedule I believe but uh, he didn't have to have an operation, He's he has been training so I've heard he's two or three weeks away so maybe maybe around Christmas time hopefully we'll have him back, I mean he is a massive player for us Waghorn to be honest, I mean when he's not when he hasn't played obviously we've missed him because he does a lot, hell of a lot of work off the ball and you know closing people down and plays things like that and he's got a wealth of experience obviously as well he's been there and done it and uh, people underestimate how, how good a player he is to be fair and, and we have missed him since he's been out he's, just that other option we've got you know if you want to give big Vic a rest or even gotten the rest or wherever you've got wag there you can call upon and uh, he, you know he's, he's a great player for holding the ball up and bringing other players into play so um yeah, the quicker he gets back to fitness, I think the better. And that'll be uh, hopefully in and around Christmas time, so all going well. He gets back ASAP.
0: Yeah, I think I think he has been I think he's been a big loss actually. Uh, I think I actually think him and Big Fit complement each other very well. Um, so I think he has been a big loss, but I mean the overall picture is still relatively healthy. Okay, we we've dropped a place, so we're now outside the playoffs, which be quite frank. I'm not bothered about at the moment because it's only early December, um, so there's a lot of football to be played. I just think, <sighs> I think there's a few areas I would like to strengthen in January. I think, I think the left side for me, left, you know, that because my concern with with the Matson one is, you know, I think Chilwell's injured for Chelsea, so potentially he could go back to Chelsea. That that leaves to a massive problem. Um, that's the other the other thing I would say. Um, and I think, I mean, Vicky, what do you feel about Tyler Walker? He's not really getting a lot of sort of game time at the moment. Um, is he a player potentially who could get moved on either in January or, or in the summer?
4: Um, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because um, he, he never really gets much of a chance to do anything in the game, I don't think. I mean, he's coming on sort of 10 or so minutes at the end of every game. Um, for Whatever reason, he's obviously down the pecking order. Um, and I think it was Glenn mentioned earlier that he really is the one striker, I suppose, who will hold the position in the box. Um, to be, be a sort of um, six yard player for, for the chances that might fall. And I think sometimes we miss that. I think there was definitely, um, I think it was a Sheffield United game away where the, quite a few balls went into the box and there just was nobody there. Um, and I think Tyler Walker's the sort of player that w- would be there. That's that's his. Sort of um, way of playing really, isn't it? He he would stick around, and he's not interested in sort of running up and down the channels and things like that. Um, so it's it's surprising to me. I th- think that we don't always use him as much as, as we possibly could because I think there's games that would suit him. Um, but I guess if if Robbins has decided that he doesn't fit the the system, and so he's only getting these little sort of cameos at the end of games, so that between the two of them, they might decide it's time for him to move on, um, free up some wages. Um, I mean, I'm sure that, that, that Tyler's keen to be playing more football than he is, so whether he'll be happy to stick around much longer, I don't know. Um, I mean, personally, I'd give him more of a chance, but it's just difficult, isn't it? Um, and, and ultimately, this is the sort of decisions that Robbins has to make, isn't it, about which of his players um, are still part of his his plans and which ones need to go so that we can free up wages, because obviously we haven't got a massive budget. Um we haven't got um, like unlimited resources like like some clubs have got, and so we have to be clever about what what we've got within our squad, don't we? really? And end, if um, if Robin doesn't think he fits that sort of um, dynamic, then then it probably is time for him to, to move on um, to free up some wages.
0: I want to bring Ben back in. What's what's, what's your view?
3: Oh, I'm going to be very controversial. I think we sell Hamer. if Villa want him, and they're going to offer us the money take the money. I think we can, as good as he has been, I think he's gone missing in a few too many games this season. Looting away since he got booked. I think he was a passenger. Uh, he was a passenger again on Saturday. I, I, there's games where he is absolutely superb for us, but I think we can get buy with Kelly and Sheaf, and if we got that money, as an, ex- as an example from Villa, and we say they've got a few good youngsters. We'll say throwers, throwers, one or, one or two of your youngsters on loan as part of the deal. They've got a good young striker called Cameron Archer who's been banging the goals in for them. Um, he could be someone that would give us another another option. Um, I think, realistically, if you're looking at players who've got a sellable asset, I think mean, him is the one who kind of has has the stature and has the name and has people who are interested in him. Um, and I think he's probably the one that we could sell out. I think if Victor, continued the form he was on, we, he may well have had other clubs looking at him, I think, because his form's tailed off a little bit. Um, he's not going to be as, as attractive. But I, I think that that is the only way that I can see we're going to be able to do the business we want to do and we probably need to do is going is to be selling someone. Otherwise, we're going to be reliant on the loan market and probably trying to get three loans in um, to cover like the positions we need. Um, and we obviously don't know, like um, Danny said earlier, we don't know about Mattson what the score is with Chelsea. Clark Salt has got an injury with his Achilles. There's still question marks over how long he's going to be. Um, he's going to be out for. We definitely need cover for Callum O'Hare. We probably need a a a probably another midfielder, and or midfielder who can probably cover at back, and we definitely need someone who can play the left wing back role, or can play play a bit further forward uh, role as well. So we've got to get we really need three bodies, and I think that's just to have any any. To finish like top off because I think if we don't get them in, and we get a few injuries, we're gonna we're gonna be in, in big trouble. I'd hate to see him go to Villa Hamer, but I think it may well be with what's gone on, it it might be a blessing in disguise. And um, with it, and it's just yeah, I think he's good, but it's the signs of when he went missing a few games last season, and and he's getting booked too too regularly, and you think he would have kind of learned his learnt his lesson, lesson by now. But if you're looking at sellable assets, I think really he's probably the main one that we we have at the moment.
0: Would you agree with that, Danny? Gordon Hamer? Sorry, right, Danny, you there?
1: The problem we've got with with Hamer and O'Hare is they've only got 18 months left on their deals. So we even really need them to sort of commit to us on a new contract, which I don't think Hamer will. I potentially think O'Hare could. Uh, but if, if Hamer isn't to sign a new deal in quite soon, then we really do have to cash in. Because if we wait another six months or so, he's then going to be on his last year of his contract and he could run that contract down. So... It is a potential that we could sell him, and if we could get sort of—I don't really know how much—six million plus for him, I would consider. I would consider selling him because we do need. We are about three players short, three three or four players short. And like you've mentioned, we've we've got like our defence now with Clark Salter injured quite frequently. We do need cover there. We do need the new number ten. We do possibly need a new left-back if Matson does go back. Um, so it is an option to, to sell him and it would create opportunities to bring players in, but it's the sort of reaction, I suppose, of fans. Are the, are the fans then going to start to say, oh, the owners are only selling, we're selling our best players again, if you know what I mean. But to be fair, Coventry's always been a selling club. It's not just... Now, we've always been a selling club. Even in the, the 90s, we were always selling our best players. For instance, Dublin, Huckabee, Whelan, uh, players, Lankine, players like that. It's just the way we are. we are. We are a club, really, where if one of our players does perform, we will have to sell. Um, but it's, it's definitely an option, I feel. Because I can't see Hamer signing, signing a new contract.
0: Ken would you agree with that? and if 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 so, what what sort of figure should Cobb should be looking for to sell him for? Um, mm.
2: yeah. yeah, I'd probably agree with that to be fair. Um, he's a sellable asset isn't he? and uh, I'd rather sell Hamer than than no hair if you like, because uh, I think Hamer we've, we've got plenty of cover in that position, the um, Kelly's chief, and we've got we got John Eccles remember, coming through just come back from injury as well. so We've got a bit of cover there, but we do need to strengthen and um, I, I'd, I'd probably agree with Danny. I'd say you've got to look at around five to six million pound, haven't you? Uh, minimum, really, in, in this day and age, um, for his age. Um, I don't think they could really ask for anything less. Uh, and that should hopefully bring uh, bring a couple of decent players in for us um, in the positions we need. Um so yeah, yeah, I do, I do agree. We, we, you know, if we have to sell him, we have to sell him, and uh, I think that's a good possibility. I can't, I can't see him signing the contract either at the moment, and uh, I think there might be the time maybe in January or or, or, or very just after January, maybe um, that uh, somebody's going to come in and bid for him, and it might be the time for him to move on.
0: Yeah, Danny, will bring you back in.
2: Yeah, I do, like I said,
1: I, I, I just I can't see him signing new contract It must have been it must have been difficult anyway for him to move to this country, especially during during COVID and things like that. That was a it was quite a brave move for him, really, to come all the way from on that to move over here from Holland when obviously football was played behind closed doors and things like that. So I I do sort of praise the player really because he made a real bold decision to come over here, but. I just think he'll, he will move on and we could we could get quite a bit of money for him and it's unlikely that he'll sign a new deal. I I just can't see it. So let's just try and get some decent cash in for him now, like say 6 million, 6 million plus and let's just try and load the deal with a decent add-on as well. Let's try and put like a, a 15% add-on. So if he goes somewhere to, like, to Villa or... Another club, and they sell him on, then we've got money further down the line. So it just protects the club in the long run.
0: Do you say that to you, Vicky?
4: I do definitely. Yeah, I think um I was actually talking about it with a couple of um other club fans earlier today and and we were saying that if if a decent offer comes in, um I think sort of six million plus it's, I mean, we, we can't be selling him for just a couple of million. That's just ridiculous. And that, that is just going to wind um, fans up, isn't it? But if if, if a sensible offer comes in, um, six plus million, I think that for a variety of reasons that have been discussed, that it, it, it is good business for the club. I think it's clear um, that he's got aspirations to play um, at a higher level than than, than he's going to do um, in the immediate future with us. Um, I, I don't think he sees his future with us. I think that the difference between him and O'Hare, I think that O'Hare's got a desire to take us like with him. I feel that I feel like the different types of players. I think O'Hare's signed and he's committed to the project that Robbins is doing here. I don't think Hamer is, and so I don't think he will sign a new contract. I completely agree with Danny on that. Um, and so he's going to wind down his contract. And if people are offering six million plus now, then I think we take it, we use it to strengthen and we grow again. And, and I think that'll be a good bit of business all around. And I think that, um, I think, did you say, Mark, that about him missing in, in, in games? I think that there are too many games where he'll have, I don't know, a couple of moments of showboating and doesn't do enough enough teamwork through the whole game and just goes missing entirely and we just can't afford that really I think it's a bit of a, a luxury um, for a player that's not going to turn up week in week out so um, yeah, I pretty much agree with all of you uh, guys that if, if a decent offer comes in it's it's the right way to go Yeah I mean my view my on Hamer is I think he he's,
0: he's got his strengths his passing is, is probably the best passer on the side and he's good set, set set pieces his gem you know, pretty pretty good in set pieces. Although having said that, I don't. Okay, we scored. We scored. I think we scored about two goals from set piece this season. I think McFadden's two goals. I think one against Swansea, one on one yesterday. And uh, his set piece is generally good. My my concern with Hamer is, yes, he gets cautioned a lot. You know, he's he's regularly picking up. His yellow cards stacked up a lot. I don't think, in my opinion, I don't think he's the best player tracking back. Um, he sometimes. Um, loses loses you know loses the the, the, the marker so to speak so that's my kind of frustration with him I, I I agree with the view that I think we should be looking to sell him but I would be looking to sell him a bit at a higher price I'd try and negotiate a higher price I'd be looking around ten to fifteen million rather than six I I think if a club like an Aston Villa want want their man I think we need to strike a hard bargain with them I'd say ten to fifteen million um. Would represent good business in my view, and I think we could use that money to invest in, in those areas that, in the squad that we talked about earlier with, uh, you know, certainly so the mats and cover, or, or potentially the, the player who starts in that position who's a left-sided player, because I think there is other there are other other areas of the team I feel we we do lack covering, uh, midfield. Um, not so not so much. I mean, I think I mean I had a discussion with Reese, and you know, Reese has has got a different view to me, where he feels that Hayman is an important player for us. And I, I understand I understand his argument. I understand the argument of of those who who want you know Hayman to stay. I just think he can be a bit inconsistent for me. He has games. I feel he does he doesn't have as much of an impact as he should do, and that's just my frustration with him. So, you know, ten to fifteen million would be the sort of figure I would I'd be going for, but um, bring Glenn back in would that be a fair assessment or do you think we could try and negotiate a decent fee for him if if that if push comes to shove
3: I think the problem is realistically the only names that have been linked with him are West Brob, and from speaking to most of the Baggies fans who I know they haven't got I don't even think they've got six million to spend so I think we can kind of rule them out Rangers with Steven Gerrard, obviously because of how he played in the friendly up there were a rumour. I think he, Van Bronckhurst, who is the new Rangers manager, was Hamer's youth team coach. But again, I can't see Rangers spending the figure, obviously you were quoting. And Villa, I think they may well probably do a deal, but I think the only way you'd get £10 is if you had a bidding war and I'm not convinced there is the number of other clubs, at least in the, in England, who are interested in whether there are clubs from overseas who've taken an interest in him. And I think that also comes back to the whole thing of playing on Saturday when he might not have been 100%. Was it the fact that the game's on Sky? And it's another case he can put himself in the shop window again. I mean, I, I, I don't know the lad and I don't want to, past dispersions on him and I'll counterbalance what I said second half we could have desperately done with him because he can spray the ball around the pitch really well and with West Brom sitting back he would have given us something that mate that we didn't really get from Kelly and Sheaf it, it's just there has been over his time at Carve there's been examples of just yeah I'm, I, I want to say childish behaviour, but that's probably a bit harsh. It, it, it's just a lack of awareness. I think it's probably that. Like, I say, he gets booked first game against Bristol City when he's when his debut, and then continues to back chat on the refs. He still back chats the refs repeatedly, on and on and on. And I can't, you can't tell me that Mark Robbins in eighty five actually not said it to him. Liam Kelly, but Faz as captains have not said it to him. It just, yeah, there's just frustrating things. That I, that I see with him that I don't see with other people. And I think, like, Ben Sheaf gets lambasted, but Hamer, because he does a couple of good Hollywood passes, gets waved, with it, and people lambast Carlo Hare, uh, Callum O'Hare for his end product and not enough goals. But then you've got to look at Hamer, the end product for the ability that he has. He's not doing the numbers that he did last season. He scored several goals for us last season, He's at one now for us and the set pieces haven't been as effective as they can be. So maybe it is just like I say, maybe maybe it is just a bit with the whole situation of Saturday and, and the disappointment, maybe Cloud judgment. judgment. But if he has crossed Mark Robbins, he's going to have a hell of a lot of making up to do because I know for one, from speaking to people in the past, if you cross Mark Robbins, you're in the doghouse for quite a while and he's gonna have to probably do a bit of a tail between his legs and go back in there, say a few apologies on it definitely. But I think we've we've got to go again. We've got Huddersfield next week. I think I just want us to attack the game. But I, I don't I don't want this we're gonna play we're not gonna play our best team. We're gonna play a team to stop you. I think you do that when you're playing a massively, massively that side. You don't do that when you end up weakening yourself and cause creating problems. It's like you plug, plug one hole and open another on it. So
1: okay.
0: I think
3: that's the best way of describing it.
0: OK, last word on Hamer from Danny, and then we'll talk about the FA Cup potential draw. So Danny, last word.
1: Yeah, I mean... I do like him. I do like Heymar. He is a good player. He he does do some good things, but his numbers don't really stack up. When he was, I think when we got him from uh, was it Zol or something in Holland, he was one of the best players of his age for uh, assists and things like that. I just don't think his numbers are are that good. Um, but I do like him as a player. But I just think we can't risk losing a player for, for literally nothing when we could get quite a bit of money for him, which could protect us for a number of years. And he, I just think that is our, our business model, really. We buy players for less than a million pounds, a couple of hundred grand, a bit like Sam McCallum, really, and we just sell them on. And then we just put on um, fees, like, so we get money... When when they're sold, we get add ons and things like that. That is the way we work, and I just think we will do that with Hamer. Um, I do think it will cause splits in the fan base, but I just think we, we will have to cash in on them,
0: yeah. Yeah, that's fair enough. Um, let's move on, let's talk about uh Monday's FA Cup final draw. Coventry City have been drawn at number 14 in the FA Cup third round draw. Uh, Ken, what's your view on the FA cup this season is it competition we could do without um and also what sort of draw would you be hoping for as a fan obviously a home draw you know would, would be great um would you be liking a premier league side or, or a game we should be looking to win like you know against a lower league opposition maybe
2: <laughs> yeah well that's a difficult one but but um fa cups always exciting for me i, I I do like the FA Cup, um, and it's always nice to have a nice run in the FA Cup. Gets the fans exciting, and uh, you go to grounds perhaps that you don't get the opportunity to maybe play in for a long time, or haven't played there for a long time. And uh, I'd like to have a I'd like to have a run in the FA Cup, so I don't want a too difficult sort of team to start with, um, but. You know, then again, I'd like a home tie as well. Again, someone like Villa at home would be ideal. I'd love that. We haven't played them for a long time. Uh, but saying that, you know, I'd also like to probably go maybe Man City away, because I've never been to the Etihad before. But you're taking the risk of, you know, getting getting hammered there, aren't you? And you don't want that. And you don't want that to affect your confidence. Um, so I suppose, really, or realistically, mm-hmm. I'd like maybe, uh, you know, a little trip, uh, a little trip away maybe to a lower league side to start with. And then um, maybe a ground we haven't been to for a while. Uh, and then if we get through that round and then, you know, as as a, as a smaller club start disappearing, you've got a great chance of playing a, a bigger club, haven't you? So I'd, I'd just get, try and get through the third round because we haven't got a great record in cup competitions lately, have we? Um, Robins tends to um, make a few changes to the team, so which I, I don't, in a way I agree, but in a way I don't, I, I'd like to play a strong team in the FA Cup because it's important to get a bit of um, excitement for the fans and a bit, a bit of, um, you know, um, basically a bit of excitement for the fans and, and it, well, it is exciting, isn't it, the FA Cup, and it's important to, I think, to have a strong side out there or strongish. Uh, I think we made a mistake in the the League Cup when we made too many changes against Northampton and got beat at home. So that was a mistake. But at the same time, we're up challenging, aren't we? We're in the playoffs as well. So we've we've got to be mindful of the games. So um, it's a difficult one, but let's just get through the third round. A nice little away trip somewhere. Not too difficult. And then uh, take it from there, I think, and get a bit of cash in the bank and maybe have a little run.
0: Well, I'm pleased to say it won't be Sutton United, so I'm absolutely delighted to announce. It. <laughs> no,
2: uh, no, no, don't want to
0: sit them. No, exactly, no. Uh, would you would you agree, agree that Glenn? I mean, what's the priority this season? Is it a nice cup run? Will that are you confident in the league, or you support? Are you of the opinion that you know cup is not that important? It's all about you know see if we can get into that top six, you know, potential playoff position in the season.
3: I would I would say there's Cup wins is essential because it's money coming in. Um, I think Barnsley and I think Swansea had decent cup wins last year in the F, in the FA Cup. Um, and they both obviously made the playoffs. Um, as well. So I I don't think it's a massive problem. I think it's just it's one of them. Do you go and think you know what we get somebody at home who we're going to get a nice payday out. We're liable to be on the telly if we get. A Wolves, a Leicester, a Villa, any of the big four on um at home, Spurs, anyway, anyone, anyone who's a name, premier Premier League club at home, chances are we're gonna be on the telly. So we're getting a few quid out of that. If we are playing a Premier League team at home, Robbins isn't gonna play Robins Roulette and rest people because everyone's gonna to want to play against the Spurs. You we're gonna to want to play against Harry Kane if it's Man United, you'll want to play against Ronaldo or Sancho, ain't you? That's the thing. Whereas, I think, if we got, with all, dis, with no disrespect, meant, if we got a Leighton Orient or a um, Harrogate or someone like that at home, there is the incentive to rest and rotate it. And then, obviously, then you run the risk of a banana skin. And then that, obviously, could not confidence because you don't want this stage where like lose lose that game and then look lucky they got the next round of the FA Cup if we'd won like they go they go away to Man United or something so I think you've, the third round you've got to take it seriously I just don't want another Championship club because it'll be boring and dull and uninteresting I'd rather take any any Premier League club be at home or away or if we're gonna go and get another club I'd rather be at home at the CBS. Because I think there's probably a bit less likelihood of Robbins rotating it, especially with the home fans. But it, it could be a massive chance to get some momentum and boost confidence. If if we played Villa and we get a good result there and we beat them or we beat a Leicester, um, then that could be a massive filler and could be just the kick kickstart that we need um, on it. And it that we we just haven't. We haven't strung that that game in like the promotion season where we went to Wick, Wickham and absolutely obliterated them. We haven't kicked on like I thought we would do it. Like, like, most of us expected the Fulham game to be the spark that lit the blue touch paper and we haven't done it. But I always love the FA Cup. As I said, I'm not really bothered who we, who we get. I'd love to see a big team at the CBS because it would be great to see Harry Kane or Raheem Sterling or... Some of the greats of a football back playing it, seeing the Coventry, it'd get the CBS pretty much sold out, and it's all money in the bank for us. Um, and if we get away game, we'll go to the. Yeah, it's a good day out for the fans. We get hammered. We get hammered. I think you can kind of just put it, put it to, put it to bed. Whatever you do, but yeah, I don't particularly fancy a trip to Harrogate or Borbourn Wood or somewhere like that. Really, it's not the most appealing, but. I'm sure you'd be happy if we got Reading, wouldn't you, Mark? Because it's near your home or Boringwood.
0: Well, Reading's not Boroughwood is, and, and I've got a family of or Leighton Orient supporters, and they would be uh, it'd be nice to get some bragging rights on them. So, from a personal point of view, that would be great. But no, I, I totally understand your point. I think for me, it's about it'd be nice to get. I think Ken maybe in inverted commas an easier draw like that, um, a league a league a league one, league two side, maybe. maybe. I think there's a couple of non-league sides I think St Albans and Bournewood are playing tomorrow. Um just you know just to get a little run going maybe meet a premier league side either in the 3rd round or maybe 4th or 5th if we get that far. So I think I think it's important to bring you know from a, from from a financial point of view for the club it would be nice to get a run. Um but at the same time I don't want us to lose players you know on a cup run but equally you can lose players at any time. So you know I think I'd say my personal point of view, I'd be happy with like or it away, um from a person from a personal point of view. But if we end up with a Premier League side, I won't be too disappointed either. So let's just see what happens. I agree that another championship game would be you know, championship opposition of the FA Cup would be not the most inspiring of games, but you know, it is what it is. We just let's just see what happens. Um last word New you, Danny, who who do you fancy in the next in the, in the third round of the cup?
1: Anyone at home, really. I mean, to be honest, I'm not one for, like, drawing Man City, Arsenal, Liverpool or Man United away because I just feel we'll just get absolutely obliterated 4 or 5 nil, and that that won't do confidence that good at all, although it's a big payday. Um, At home, yeah, a a winnable game, I want, really. I want a a sort of a a League 1 team, really, League 1, League 2 team. Uh, that we can actually progress, get to the next rounds, probably bring a few players in um, to sort of, and a few keep a few of the current first team players in. But I don't get excited about going to these big clubs like and getting destroyed because I just think it's just it, it's no enjoyment really. Although it'll it'll give us money, put, put money in the bank for us. Um, if we could probably, I don't know, if we could get sort of a a, a lower Premier League club at home, like, a, I don't know, possibly like a Burnley or someone like that, then we could have half a chance against that sort of Premier yeah. League side. But yeah. I, 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 like you say, I don't really want, I can see it being somebody like Norwich again, really, or or an Ipswich. Um, the, the, the ties of the last couple of years haven't been haven't been that exciting and I'm not really one for the FA Cup to be honest I think it's it's totally lost its meaning now ever since I think it was Man United I think when they tried to play a a second team when they were in the World Club Championship Mm -hmm. um, it's just totally lost its meaning now so I just we'll just see what happens but I I want somebody at home really something that we can we can beat and progress and get confidence
0: yeah Absolutely. Well, let's see what happens tomorrow. So, as I say, we're drawing number 14 and uh, I think the draw is about seven thirty, eight 8 o'clock. I don't think the exact time, but uh, let's see what happens. Uh, Lastly, to round off the podcast, uh, we've got a competition. Uh, I'd like to announce we've got two tickets, two adult tickets, this is, for the home match against Stoke on the 18th of December. Uh, Ken, do you have a competition question?
2: Yes. Uh, good evening. Thank you very much. Uh, thanks to Danny who's uh, donated the uh, two tickets for us uh, for the competition. Uh, I thought we'd go with a John Sillett sort of uh, question if you like. Uh, back in 1987 we played um, We played Stoke City on our way to uh, the FA Cup final at Wembley. Uh, the old Victoria ground as it was then. Uh, we went there and won 1-0. But who scored the only goal of the game? against Stoke City in the FA Cup back in 1987. That's the question. Uh, The prize is obviously two tickets for the game against Stoke City on the 18th of December. Uh, Usual format uh, to uh, answer uh, on all the platforms, and uh, I'm sure Vicky will get together with a spreadsheet with all the answers and we can do the draw prior to the uh, Stoke City game.
0: Yes, we will do yeah, we will um, announce the winner. Um, I've uh, we'll, we'll finalize that I believe it will probably be the, the Stoke preview game um, but we'll we'll yeah. post we'll post it out on the social media on Twitter, Facebook Instagram channels on that. Um, please when answering the questions, please um, message Sky Blue fans TV directly with, with with the answer to the question um for you for your chance to win the two adult tickets so no child tickets two adult tickets just to be clear and i believe those tickets are in the east stand so that's that's the uh i guess the the terms and conditions so to speak um so yeah so that's the question and um, good luck to everyone who's entering okay so that rounds off tonight's show my thanks once again to our panelists tonight victoria oakes glenn watkin ken stewart and danny Wyatt. thank you for your time tonight um, our next show will be previewing the Huddersfield uh, away match on Saturday. Uh, we haven't at the moment got anyone yet from Huddersfield podcast to join us, but that's something we're, we're looking to arrange. So stay tuned for that. We'll be publishing out on Thursday this week. Thanks for listening. Play out Sky Blues and we'll talk to you soon. Thank you very much.